Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by your returning James Douse. I'm back, baby. Are all the crimes solved, James Douse? Yes, I've solved them all. Good. And um, I'll let you introduce yourself first, uh, <laughs> whoever the mystery guest is. <laughs> Michael Hamlet's back. Well, I was going to say. <laughs> Michael Games Hamlet filled in for two solid weeks. We had some lovely productive conversations, but crimes needed to be answered. But uh, now that they're done, James Douse is back. Also, Josh Brown. Listen, I don't oh, believe this. Oh, first of all, hello. Okay, I don't man. believe you were off solving crimes, James no. Douse, because in the two weeks you've gone... Yep. Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 yeah, million, well, right? And well. you weren't around, and I've never seen you two in the same room. Therefore, are no. you only back now because your investment in Twitter is tanking <laughs> and you want this job back because you can't support yourself the on official James $8 does. blue ticks? Go on with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, the Game Awards uh, nominations got announced last night, Mr. Jeff Keighley's Video Game Awards in full. I forget when the actual presentation, when the actual show is. December 8th? December yes. 8th. Yes. Um, so they did a lot of nominations, and a lot of responses came from this. Neither of us knew if that was right. <laughs> it just sure sounds right, doesn't it? It sounds about sure, right. It's in December. It's not right now. I what is right now? a little bit later. I because it was the 11th. Usually night. off work for my Christmas holidays when it's on. Usually I, I would edit these things out, no, but I'm no. going to just have a bit of a little, a bit of a Google 8th of December, 5pm ah, UK enough. time. So that's good. Um, but yes, all the announcements came out um, in regards to the different categories, nominations, etc. So we're just going to go through them and we're going to argue because I'm, I'm annoyed about some of these things. I want to tell everyone right now that the first thing that happened when I entered this office this morning <laughs> was Scott Tilford's, and I've not seen this for a while, right. Scott Tilford's fire was yeah. back. It was lit. I think it was that bad. Oh, it was bad. It was for for 9am in the morning. I've never seen a more potent volcanic eruption. Stray is not one of the six best games of the year. We'll get Good into this. Lord, what are we doing in this life? <laughs> um, but we'll get through as many categories as we can. The big one is the most obvious one, which is game of the year. So I'm going to read out all the nominations as we get to each category and we'll just bat it around the room a bit and see how we go. And we'll probably revisit these categories at the end of the year in some form. But yes, the nominations for the six best games of 2022 are A Plague Tale, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Thoughts, boys? Go on, James Dowse. Uh I agree with... What did with... you say to me when, when we said, you just, I asked you if you'd seen the Game Awards nominations? Uh, what did I you say You said Stray, you? lol. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Stray's a weird one. I adored the game. Very, very good. Uh, not a game of the year. No. A game in this year. Did you, but not... did you adore it? Yeah, did I you? did. Okay. Um, I'll just do like this. What was the word I said to you earlier? It's the, the people who adored that game too much were the people who say, like, doggo and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, like... 
It just got in a world of its own, and people thought it was too cute. It's just a game, man. It's I yeah. Josh, do you want to do a more positive side of this? I have no thoughts on Stray. No. I was trying to say to you earlier, like I'm not going to be very good for this particular conversation because Stray just like nothing to me. Right. It was a genre that I'm pleased. Oh, no, it was a game that I'm pleased people really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just had all the elements that aren't really my thing necessarily. Like, I don't mind cats, but I don't necessarily (laughs) love playing as a cat. I don't mind cyberpunk, but it's not the kind of subgenre and world that Mm. I would, you know, go towards. It was a puzzle platformer. Similarly, not a type of gaming genre I would gravitate towards. So if you had the core elements of Stray Mm. written down, none of them have my name next to it, and that's fine. Not Mm -hmm. all games are for me. So I don't really... I can't comment on this. I can only comment on the reception that I've seen in the conversations I've had with people like you two. But Mm -hmm. there are games that I have played this year that I really loved that I would have loved to have seen in this top six. And there are a few that stand out as perhaps not being worthy in Stray is maybe one. I I don't want to get too vitriolic, but I, I can't, I don't, I chemically can't understand how Stray is in here. It's not one of the six best games of the year. Has anyone played it? Has anyone actually realized what that game is other than the game that's got a cat in. So how does it work then? How do these nominees get chosen? Well, so it's a, it's a panel. So it's, um, we were on the jury a couple of years ago, um, which, um, Jeff, can you get back to me? <laughs> Reply to my emails, Jeff. I, uh, yeah, we were he on won the, after this he won after this. Um, but yeah, we were on the jury and it's, uh, yeah, so there's different um, websites, different um, outlets or whatever that are part of the jury per country. And then right. the, there's like a voting panel and you submit forms and it all gets put into one big aggregate thing. And that's what results in the games of the year. Okay. So um, for the UK, I forget how everyone who who's in it, but we were on the UK slate for that. You can go on the Game Awards website and see which countries um, outlets are being put forward, but it's meant to be this aggregate thing. These are all, all the, the critics have put forward. So some countries like Stray more than other countries. I suppose. Yeah. Well, in, uh, whatever, for whatever way it shook out, enough people put Stray yeah. in their nominations That's for the crazy. Game of the Year, which is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. I just, I get that it's it's visually enticing yeah. and like it's it's got a cat in and you can claw the furniture in specific contextual spots, but the, <laughs> it's, the stealth is terrible. The action parts are terrible. The the story doesn't really do anything. I, but the trick is when you uh, rip the carpet, they come. I, I oh, hate, I, the I actually, I hate, I hate that. I hate that whole discourse of like, it doesn't matter about the actual bulk of the game yeah, because yeah. Lollit did a thing that went viral in a TikTok for 20 seconds. Oh my God, I hate it. Come on, Scott, we'll be all right. Oh, it'll not be all right. And uh, yeah, I just like that whole thing of like, oh, it's one of the games of the year because it's got the cute cat in. I just always, oh, is virality a quality now? Like it's just, Listen, whatever. I'm going to stand up for this game oh. as I was this morning because I think you, and I say this with respect, Yes. are you being a bit reductive there? You don't know that people are just voting for this game. No, they're obviously not it just that. virality because yeah. it's yeah. the game with a cat in. Like, I think it's, <laughs> bit, again, this is not a game I have much stake in, but I wouldn't want to do it a disservice because from what I've seen about the story, for instance, and the setting, it's not for me, right. but it seems like that is imaginative and intriguing and mysterious. James Dows, you said you adored it. And it. while it might not be at, you know, the level of a God of War or an Elden Ring, it reviewed well, it's got high user scores, but it's like when um, the best picture Oscars get announced, for instance, and you always have some blockbusters in there, right? That are really good, really good crowd pleasers, but you know they're not going to be competing for the top spot. Is Stray not just one of those that does enough well for people to adore it mm. uh, that to get it on the ballot? And I don't think that's the worst thing that's ever happened to it's humanity. Not, the only thing that's annoying, it's, it's just annoying because there are so many other better candidates here. There is Cult of the Lamb, there is Neon White, there is Tunic, like 
like there's Sifu, like there are ob- obvious better games, better full games than just something that does one thing right. I just like, that's what's annoying is like the Game Awards come but once a year. And if you're having a serious discussion about what the best six games of the year are, Stray is not in that conversation. I just like, I, it's whatever, it's subjective. I just, I don't buy that it's, it just isn't. It isn't one of those six best games of the year. And I'll hang that on personal preference, but oh my God, it's annoying. One of the things with this game, it was free with the PS Plus service. Uh, and at the time when it came out, I had a few, uh, a few friends staying over at my house and they always wanted to watch me play that game. Right. Mm-hmm. They were always intrigued by it. A lot of people just was fascinated by being yeah. a cat. It's this year's Untitled Goose Game. It is. Which yeah. like was, I prefer, Goose Game is a way better actual game because it had like fun little Hitman styles, like how are you going to yeah, kill yeah. this character or inconvenience this character? Yeah. There's more to the game side of it. Whereas, a like, lot of people were interested in it. Yes, which that, that's the that's the thing. The the beginning and end of it is it went big yeah. and it has yeah, a cat yeah, in yeah. and you can claw the furniture and do yeah. a couple of cat things. But it's not that's, the best game of the year. No, I just yeah. don't I can't fathom it. That's why I've never been like this. I just get really annoyed <laughs> because there's clearly better candidates. And we talked about them and they're nominated all the other categories. Like neon white cat and tuning. <laughs> agrees. Cat <laughs> agrees. Oh but someone sent that to me, I was like, oh, that might actually oh. make it all right to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of ruined it, didn't it? Well, yeah, you got yeah. I had two weeks off to think of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there, getting ready. Um but yeah, what do you guys think of um, everything else that's in here. None of us have finished the Plague Tale yet. I think that's the biggest outlier in our collective um, playtime. Um, no, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I've not even started. So there is that. But the biggest um, gap is Plague Tale in terms of the one that gets right. brought up the most. Like yeah. Plague Tale was the third most voted uh, game across all the categories. Okay. It was like um, God of War and then um, Elden Ring and then something else. And then Stray, Stray. was, Stray was like fourth, I think. Right, okay. Yeah. Stray's in the top, like it's in the top four most voted <laughs> categories. I'm like, what? <laughs> the thing with this top six, right, yep. is that generally across the board, I, you know, I can understand why all of the games are there. Personally, I would agree with what you said earlier that there are some games in other categories that I would have liked to have seen being pushed up to yep. the proper game of the year contender. Like Tunic for me is a big one. I really the thought that would tunic. get more love oh. and put it up there yep. with the others in that realm. You know, mm. there are so there have been so many great games this year. I want to address that narrative now. After playing God of War Ragnarok with um, Callisto Protocol and Final Fantasy Crisis Core to look forward to, yes. it's been a bloody good year. Yeah. And I think this Game Awards across all of the nominations really reflects that. I just do think they might have gotten it wrong a little bit with the top six. But yeah. everything else, I think it's, it's we'll get to it. And I've, I haven't seen them all, admittedly. Some of these are going to be like mm. reveals for me, but I know Immortality Immortality did well. That got um, a few nods in a Two few different categories. Mm. Uh, I know that Tunic did well across a bunch of different categories. So like the games are there. So I'm not really that angry that they didn't necessarily make it to the top, even if I would have liked to have seen them there. No, I think it's just an interesting conversation around what the video game awards are. And every year it's, it goes in one of two different directions. Either they, they get too carried away with the amount of trailers and the amount of promotion and marketing materials that get put into the show. And sometimes they reveal awards that happen during the break, or they'll just give you a banner on the bottom of the screen. And I think that's quite disingenuous to what the Game Awards should be. Not that I don't enjoy the trailers and stuff, but I feel like there's always a back and forth of how seriously are we supposed to take this, or is it just another E3? Is it just another Summer Game Awards, Summer Games Fest, or whatever? And I just want it to be done right. And if you're doing it like this, then you've, for me, you've not fully considered the candidates. Like, um, I mean, the amount of people that are talking about Vampire Survivors is one of the games of the year, which I, that's a whole other conversation. But it's just that whole thing of like, is this, this is really your six? Like, I just, it's just that. And so like, I want it to be more representative of the best games of the year. And like, I can't shake that Stray is not one of the six best games of the year. The thing for me is right, 
we can go all in on what we think about these games, mm. but I do have an issue when we talk about like this isn't representative because I right. it makes me think I'm the Seymour Skinner meme of like <laughs> wait am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Like yeah. if all of these outlets have voted for all these games, no, I'm you not are saying, correct factually mm, that yeah, like, they I'm, all voted for them. Totally, I'm not saying that the critics you know are always right or anything yeah. like that, yeah. but I do think we have to kind of look at ourselves and maybe wonder, right, okay, is my opinion the sort of be-all and end-all? Am I the arbiter of no, that's, who should be in this top six? Yeah. Like, that's the only place where I get a little bit of friction with what we're talking about today. Because, yeah, no, no. Like, for all means, like, say that doesn't deserve to be there. But when we're talking about is this representative, I do think ultimately it is because there is a panel who have all come together yeah. and voted individually for these games, and these are the games that have won out. Yes, that is factually what has happened on paper. And I, that's why I said before, I'll take this on as an entirely subjective thing. I just do not recognize Stray as one of the six best games of the year. Yeah. I, and I, I can point to things that are more objective as to why it's not. Yeah. And so, like, whatever, there's all that stuff. Um, but we should talk about Elden Ring versus God of War. The whole conversation is going to be about that. Actually, I do want to say that overall, when you were saying about, uh, we talked about, you know, what the Game Awards represent and everything. I do think the Game Awards overall get it right in terms of who actually wins the categories. I always love them giving it to The Witcher 3 in 2015 instead of Fallout 4. Um, something like that. I always think they get there. So I'm sure whoever crowns these various categories, they've never really got it wrong. Um, I'm sure there was something where they gave best narrative to um, her story instead of The Witcher or something like that. Ooh. Best story, something like that. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, Sam Barlow was doing an interview just saying he sort of made parts of it up and whatever on the spot. And it was that whole thing. I remember one of the Kobe Cat montages for that. Um, but overall, I feel like they get stuff right in the end. Um, but yeah, the conversation that feels like it'll dominate this year is God of War versus, God of War versus Elden Ring. That's it. And that's why I personally can't get too angry about Stray or anything else because they're almost like non-issues. Like, right. I like a lot of the games. I like a lot of the games in the uh, top six, but like I'm not even going to consider Horizon Forbidden West as a contender because no. it ain't. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Elden Ring versus God of War at the end of the day. And being 37 hours into God of War at this moment in time, I don't know which game they're going to go for because my gut says Elden Ring and I would give it to Elden Ring, but God of War is recent mm. and it's like, what do they go for? Elden Ring's almost expected to win mm. and I honestly, I don't know. My, Like I said, my gut says Elden Ring, but I want to know what you guys think about that. Mr. James does? A game like Elden Ring only comes around once in a blue moon. It does. <laughs> uh, but after sinking, I think I worked out earlier, 110 hours in that game and I think nice. you were fairly certain. Yeah, and you was as well, wasn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How many games do you do that to anymore? Well, someone is as insane as me is a lot. I mean, well, I'm, I'm like 100 hours in Breath of the Wild or Pokemon yeah, Arceus, yeah. but yeah. But like the amount of love I put into that game and I didn't even realize I sunk in 110 hours. It didn't feel like 110 hours and that's why it was, in my opinion, one of the best games. I think the yeah. magnificent thing is that even if you finish, because even if you tried to quote unquote mainline the main missions or whatever, you went point to point to point, yeah. you'd still like take up about 60 or 70 hours and they keep that needle pinned the whole time. Yeah. Like we did 100 hours each over than that and not a, not a second wasted, not a yeah. second that didn't feel propulsive or worthwhile. Yeah. So I was eavesdropping on a conversation you were having with Scott earlier on in the office, and you <laughs> said something that really resonated. You said that when you were playing Elden Ring, that was so good. It was the game that got you back into games, yeah. mm -hmm. essentially. Uh -huh. And I do think Elden Ring, God of War is amazing, but Elden Ring has that special quality mm -hmm. that gets you immersed in something in a complete and overwhelming way. You know, it might get you back into games. It got me to go through 
the entire FromSoft Souls yeah. series. You, you did know, have a hell of a binge. Spent like six months like on and off playing all of those games in a row because I did not want the Elden Ring experience to end yeah. and I wanted to find a version of it in mm. whatever other games I possibly could. I even went back to play Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because it had a little bit of Souls DNA <laughs> in it. That's how much I was trying to get the morsels off the bone of the meat that Elden Ring yeah. provided. And like you said, I do think that only comes around once in a generation and yeah. it's kind of it's it's good and bad that we've got it so early in this generation yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think yeah. it's fascinating because um i think elden ring has a higher bar overall and i think they maintain like i said they keep the needle pin for like a hundred hours and even then there's more stuff i haven't done like uh, that i could go out and explore but i feel like some of the highs of god of war god of war ragnarok are higher overall but they're smaller portions of that overall game and so i'm, I'm curious how that goes down my gut says that God of War will actually win it because it has that cinematic side of it. It has that bigger um, character-driven, weightier side of it that Elden Ring just doesn't really have. Like, you can get lost in the lore, and there are characters, obviously, and storylines and stuff, but I feel like God of War is this big, cinematic, like, blockbuster package that the Game Awards tends to respond to, um, or that, like, a mass audience tends to respond to. But at the same time, there was nothing really like Elden Ring. It reminded me of Death Stranding when, like, when that dropped and everyone was having their own thoughts on it, and have you tried this? Have you been here? Have you seen this? Um, and that's quite unique in itself as well like a, a big shared play space how well do exclusives do at the game awards like ps5 exclusive uh example? they're not really necessarily favored or anything this right, is okay. a year where like you have three playstation exclusives in the top six right, okay. um it's only because yeah. like Elden ring was on everything yeah yeah um and everybody i knew was playing Elden ring hasn't it just sold like 17.5 million copies it also called you like yeah. outstanding yeah god of war is only going to be the playstation uh, users, mm -hmm. but everybody with a PlayStation is going to buy it. That was like a, an early sales stat for Ragnarok was that it had sold, um, it had outsold yeah, in the first week. day what 2018's did in a week, yeah. which is kind of awesome. Like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Like I love how many people are responding to stories in games. Yeah, yeah. and that's always good. But, but um, also, it's the most recent game in the game world. Like we're voting now, yes. so it'll be fresh in people's minds. Yeah, there is that like idea of recency bias or mm. whatever. Like I said, there's parts of God of War Ragnarok that are my favorite things I've ever seen on a screen. Like it's yeah. just there's all that side of it. So. Um, because go around, because I, I think God of War will take it, but I, I want Elden Ring to win, so I hope that's the case. But what do you guys think? I think it's Elden Ring, because I think the Elden Ring is like, like you were saying there, Douse. God of War is going to sell probably comparable to yeah. what Elden Ring sells, but there was something about Elden Ring being multi-platform, dominating the discourse for literally months at a time, yeah. and being so hyped and living up to those expectations, uh, and kind of pushing its series forward that I think... I think that will clinch it. Not to say that it's like massively better than God of War Ragnarok or anything like that. Mm. It just... It's two different games. I, I feel like... That's it. I feel... Sorry. No, no, do it, do it. Just one final thing. I feel like if they gave it to God of War Ragnarok, there would be a huge outcry of... Obviously, you should have given it, given it to Elden Ring. However, if they give it to Elden Ring, yeah, I right. don't think the outcry would be as big because God of War lost. I think you're right. I think the the response online to God of War right now is all the handholdy puzzle stuff. There's something there that isn't like a perfect thing. Whereas Elden Ring, where was the criticism? Like it was nonstop. Oh my God, have you done this? Have you seen this? As a as like a every <laughs> pie chart everything if you pie chart that game it's a hundred percent like intentional and content rich there's so much stuff to do in it yeah. um, and so many different builds you can try it feels like um the new skyrim in terms of like you could all play it a different way and you'll have different experiences and everything yeah i might rescind my pick <laughs> no. i hope elden ring gets it yeah. i agree if you pie chart it it is 100 percent pie from top to bottom <laughs> for 100 hours yeah and it never stops being filling <laughs> and it's so fulfilling um yeah. mr james tell us what's your gut say 100 agree with you 
you. And uh, once again, I agree with you on the um, going back through the series of Souls because I did the exact same, though I stopped at Dark Souls 1 because <gasps> I realised this was brutal. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't really worth my time. How guttering, by the way. Mm. I, I take a, I'll take that back. How guttering, as an aside, is it to go from Elden Ring thinking you're going to be able to dominate <laughs> Dark Souls 1 no. in realising a play is just different enough yeah. that you're going to dodge in directions. Yeah. Yeah. aren't really transferable and you're going to get annihilated. <laughs> Dark Souls 1 has the most anger in me out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was just, oh. Hey, we heard the noise you made when the Elden Beast killed you. Uh, and the noises when um, oh, Ornstein and Smaug killed me. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, that was a good memory of the air, though. It I was, feel like. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just the memories that game made. And mm. now the series, I want to go through them all now. Yeah. Um, and no game has ever made me do that before. Like I'm playing God of War Ragnarok, I won't think to play one, two, and three. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is they have almost meaningfully done that, like in the marketing yeah. and everything. It's all just like Norse mythology forward. They don't really acknowledge like Kratos' history very much. There's a lot mm-hmm. of conversations in the new one, but but yeah, um it's a hell of a game of the air um conversation though. Even if it <clears throat> does just get whittled down to Elder Ring versus God of War, um, even the wider conversations on the likes of Horizon and Plague Tale being there. Um I feel like Plague Tale has like has blown up really nicely. Like I've only done the first couple of hours of that game, um, but it does look absolutely gorgeous. And I do love them to doubling down on the stealth stuff. I feel like, and um, we mentioned this in Monday's podcast, that stealth is just something put in other games. You never get dedicated stealth games anymore. There's so few and far between. Whereas Plague Tale is a stealth game um, with like enemy awareness meters and different attacks and stuff, or stealth takedowns and things like that. Um, thoughts on Horizon in general? Um, for me, it will be in my, here's the thing, right? It'll mm. be in my top 10 by the end of the year. I know that. I've enjoyed it more the further I've gotten away from it. I kind of took it for granted. I've mentioned this before while I was playing it. And only in hindsight have I realized that was very good and way better than I maybe gave it credit for even mm. at the time. And I liked it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, top six, not for me personally, but I can't, I'm, I'm just sort of like, it, it deserves praise. Does it deserve that much praise? Mm. I'm not necessarily sure. That's why I mm. was thinking about the the god of the rationale being that they sort of ebbed or air towards blockbuster stuff. That like the horizon is another full package, like God of War is. It's like it's cinematically driven. It's very well acted and everything. It's like that almost makes it a, a, a default game of the year, quote unquote. Especially for a lot of people, it's like well, it's obviously Horizon because look how much game there is, um, which is always another thing that's like a, a big conversation. Um, let's switch into another uh, category though, because I think we just did about yes, twenty minutes. Wow, on, <laughs> on the first one. Um, so we'll get through a handful more. Um, next category down is best performance. This is between Ashley. Burke from Horizon Forbidden West playing Aloy, Charlotte McBurney from A Plague Tale Requiem playing Amicia, I think she's called, is the older sister, uh, Christopher Judge from God of War Ragnarok playing Kratos, Manon Gage from Immortality playing the main woman whose name I forget um, before things kick off, um, but she's in uh, a whole bunch of different types of films and footage and stuff across that game, and Sonny Solchek from God of War Ragnarok playing Atreus. Dude, that's a good list. That yeah. is a good list. Didn't expect to see the double header from uh, God of War in, War in there. No, I, I guess you can't nominate one without the other, really. That is like, true. the amount that happens in that game. <sighs> it's funny, man, because it's like, it's such an ensemble game, way more than the first one, God of War Ragnarok. Mm. Like, you see so much more of... All of the other characters and all of the performances are great. And I want to know what you guys think about that. Because God of War, neither of those actors would be my pick for the win. I would definitely go Man Engage because I think... I think she'll take it. What she does in Immortality is like just incredible embodying a bunch of different people across a bunch of different time periods. Marissa but, Marcel. Marissa Marcel, of course. Uh, but that said, Christopher Judge is similarly next level as Kratos in mm. Ragnarok. And, you know, adds so much um, emotional depth and pathos to that character with very few kind of emotional lines, if that makes sense. Like, what he's saying might not necessarily be 
conveying drama or emotion mm. in a kind of like direct way, but you feel the emotion. You feel oh, the drama thing, in the, the line delivery. Yeah, sorry. There's one thing that I think Judge absolutely nails that I love from that performance as like an older Kratos is restraint. Like he holds so much back and there's so much where like the little bits of the emotion that he lets seep through is what makes that performance so incredible. And also because they're on uh, newer technology or better motion capture, the facial animation, like there's just little bits where his eye will, he'll, he'll sort of as if he's trying to hold back a tear or something. I just, little bits like that. I, I cried so much in that game for anything Kratos does and just looking at his face as he's comprehending certain scenes or whatever. I just think it's I think it's so powerful. However, I do think Man Engage, just the sheer range of things that she does in that game, the different because um, that game is all about found footage and various like like her career and different fil- fil- films and movies that she was in, different scenes and everything. Um, the range that she does across that is astonishing. It and is, the places man. that game goes, like... Yeah. Oh, dude, like, if, if she doesn't win this um, category, I will not be up in arms, but I will be shedding a tear if in silence. If it's most performance. Yes. She's performed the most. I think you're right. I think the range that she shows in that game is incredible. Like I say, she's playing this actress across three different time periods, mm. playing three different characters in the way she, because it's all non-linear as well, and the way that she kind of, you know, gets the audience to understand who she is as an actor and who these characters are that she's playing, and the way that she kind of flips between those two dynamics on a dime, whether, Mm. you know, a bit of her comes through the character accidentally and they have to cut, or whether she's playing her behind the scenes, you know, posing for kind of PR companies who are interviewing her and how she, you know, changes affect and Mm. kind of changes who she is in different situations. It's spellbinding, genuinely. I love it. And yes, it's, you could maybe say it's not a video game performance because it's not done through mocap. It is all live action, but I don't think that gives it an edge. It's still incredible. No, I I mean, the the thing is that a lot of the gamified stuff is like going into a clip because the the game mechanic is like finding like a reference point in a a bit of footage, like maybe a plant pot or something and then match cutting that and the game will serve you up. Well, look, there was a plant pot in a bit of footage 20 years ago or whatever and it shows you that clip and not realizing that what you're watching is her real life and then someone yells cut in the background and it's like oh that was a character that was a scene that was acted that's not real or whatever and like I think they play with that very nicely I think that the line that she has to walk to snap out of those modes and stuff that's in itself really fascinating that's really interesting. I've not heard about any of this game at all. I don't know how. But I wouldn't know about Immortality if it wasn't for Josh. But you telling me about her performance actually does make me want to play it. Dude, c- considering this is a game where 99.9% of the time you're just watching footage of yeah. a movie being shot, like that performance needed to be spot on mm. and it is a testament to the game's quality and how well I kind of like vibed with it. Uh, just how good she is and just how much of that is, you know, on her shoulders. There are other actors in it, of course, who do Mm. just as good a job, in my opinion, but she's the main character. And watching that footage in itself is better than most games this year, I would say. Most movies, I would have said. There's some incredible one-takes as well, stuff where the camera is just rolling and she does, like, an entire dance sequence at one point. That's just Yeah, there's stuff in there that's absolutely incredible. Just one more thing as well, like... Obviously, her playing the characters is impressive, but because the because the game is about movies made in different periods, like the authenticity of those periods and those genres that it is like displaying, like, it wouldn't feel authentic, wouldn't feel up to snuff if her acting wasn't embodying the style of acting from the time as well. Like when you're in the kind of late 60s kind of um, religious exploitation movie, like she's acting like someone from that period would act and that Mm -hmm. is what gives the footage so much authenticity because Mm -hmm. you can slap on as many filters and you can slap on as many 
um, com- uh, not compelling, convincing costumes as you can find. But if the performance feels like it's from 2022, you're not buying into that piece of footage yeah. and she manages to take you back in time. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That way. No, that side of it, where the, the recreational aspect, where it does feel like you're finding old archive footage to the point where you'll think, like, was this a real person? Is this a true story? Like, am I looking at old footage? And, like, the way that the story goes and the reveals and everything. Um, all that stuff is great. Immortality is a hell of a thing. I played it a little bit way faster than you did because I was just, like, I was so hooked on the next reveal that I was fast-forwarding the stuff that you were watching, um, which I get is blasphemous. But still, <laughs> I still uh, came out of it really enjoying it. Um, did you have thoughts overall? Would you uh, want Kratos to get it? Yeah, I think uh, God of War, the performance those two do in that game, I can't even imagine them not being father and son in real life. Yeah, that's a really good like, point. It's yeah. That realistic, mm-hmm. how they talk to each other, the performance. I think that if one of them gets it, they need it together. Because, like, oh, it'd be great if they both won. They can't, ha- you can't just give the award to one of them because it's a performance between the two of them. It is. I, th- I think for me, I would give it to Kratos. <laughs> I'd give it to Christopher Judge. <laughs> um, I feel like he, there's more mileage in that character in, across Ragnarok, even though um, I think Josh would push back against that because, um, like, there's more, st- they do a lot of stuff with Atreus too, but um, those conversations feel like they could be a bit spoilery. But my favorite scenes in Ragnarok all involve Kratos, um, okay. which are incredible. In terms of Ashley Birch for um, Aloy, um, I don't think there was that many, like, show stopping moments for her in Forbidden West, especially compared to the um, big like moment she got in Zero Dawn. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I thought the character in Zero Dawn is way more compelling. I yeah. re- actually don't really rate Aloy as a character in Forbidden West no. that much. She annoyed me more than she kind of compelled me. I thought the, she had the, the puzzle dialogue. Cast, she did have the puzzle dialogue. I thought the supporting cast was more interesting in a lot of ways. Mm. Her arc almost kind of felt 
done. But uh, Aloy is a character I still have a lot of love for because of that first game. And mm. actually, Birch does bring a lot to that performance. But this that's one that's not quite on the level as the other people no, in this category, no. I would say. And it is more of a fault of the material, I think, than the performance itself. But, you know. I always thought, like, the, the beginning of Forbidden West, they, where they reveal that only, like, she knows that the world isn't saved. Everyone's praising her. They've made a statue of her. They were like, oh, my God, you, like, helped save everything in Zero Dawn. And then she finds out that Silas is, Silence is still alive. And so she has to internalize the fact that I'm this fake messiah and like all that kind of stuff. They don't do anything with that, like whatsoever, but that's yeah. the opening beat of the story. And I was like, oh, you're going to write this incredible arc, which ties into the Zero Dawn stuff. If I'm not your messiah, like don't do anything with that. So I was just like, you said, it's a fault of the material, but um, Ashley Birch like, obviously gives it her all. Um, do you want to do, do you want to nominate who we think will actually win that? Who do you think will actually win that? I, or do you say Man Engage? I think, uh, I think they'll give it to Judge Oh, maybe they'll give it to Plague Tale, uh, maybe. I don't know. I honestly don't know who would go for this. I think Man Engage won't win just because I think they might not want the discourse of, but it's live-action footage, you know? Should we award someone who is more of a voice actor or more of a mocap performer? They've done it before. Uh, Viva Sifa won Best Performance for her story. Right. So that's why I think it'll be Man Engage. Okay, okay. I, oh, I'm i going to go Man Engage because I yeah. want Man Engage to win. Same. I want Judge to win, but I think Man Engage will get it, and that'll be that'll be cool. I'll just agree with you two on that one. <laughs> words for it. Um, next category is Best Indie. Cult of the Lamb. Um, and I was going to read out who the devs were. Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. It feels like Stray will win this because it's up for best game overall, and the, re- the, uh, yeah, the other games yeah. here aren't. This reminds me, again, I, I'm going back to the Oscars again. Yes. You know, in the Oscars, where you get your best picture nominees, and then you have often like best international movie mm. or best movie not in the English language. And you always <laughs> know that the one of those that is in the best um, pictures list will obviously win it yeah. because why yeah, aren't yeah. the others in the best pictures list? Stray feels like the equivalent here where that's <sighs> up the game of the yeah. year, so it'll probably win this as well. I'll have a meltdown if Stray beats these other games. Every single other game here should have been in the top six other than Stray. I'll not keep talking about that specific point, but in terms of this the caliber of these games, like Cult of the Lamb was broken for about a month, which sucks. It was terrible on Switch, and they finally patched the frame rate. But Neon White is like an incredibly inventive first-person puzzle shooter thing that has just a complete full package from music to the writing and everything else. Sifu, obviously full package. Like, I mean, just what the hell are we doing not nominating that more? And Tunic has the best level design of the whole year. Like, I mean, it's next to Elden Ring. Like, it's incredibly well done. Like, I'm happy with any of them winning other than Stray, <laughs> which is sucks because I feel like Stray is going to get that. What considers an uh, indie game? Like, what is, <laughs> like, in this case, like, is Stray a full on indie game? Well, we, me and Josh talked about this this morning because over the years this has changed and it's that right. general thing of, you know, um, an independent production. But I wouldn't even say Stray is independent because oh. it's Annapurna, but so is Neon White. Yeah. Um, and it's just that general thing of how much money was put into this um, and what kind of purpose did it serve and like, and yeah how big was the dev team Vampire Survivors is one person but yeah. that's that's in best debut indie um, but for best indie um, I go off uh, team size and I go off um, budget and so um, and I guess to some degree look but it depends on the team size and so but I wouldn't class Stray as an independent game it had it had too much help from Annapurna right. Neon White definitely didn't have that blockbuster <laughs> feel to it I don't not right. that Stray's a blockbuster but like AAA that's it that might be true, but I 
I wouldn't want to cherry pick because they were both Annapurna games. True. And how do we know if one didn't get the support and the other one did? Obviously, Stray got the Sony support yeah. as an exclusive as well. Mm-hmm. But like, so did Hellblade for a while. And we still class that as an independent game. And that still won all of the accolades. They didn't help finish it, though, which I guess they maybe didn't for Stray either. I just have That's this what, vague, We don't know, do we? I have, I'm going to have to Google stuff. I have this vague memory that Sony stepped in and helped get it on PlayStation because that's why it became a PlayStation exclusive. Um, but even, I guess, discarding that, yeah, you can kind of roll them in together. It's just, Stray doesn't, Stray oh, feels I, like, and it's advertised as a PlayStation exclusive. That's weird. They must yeah. have got a lot of Sony money, surely, for make, to make it exclusive. It's, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's, 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 it's a wide conversation. It's a conversation worth having, I yeah, guess. They would have got I, some money to make it exclusive, yeah. yeah. I only, I only push back against it a little bit because that's what's happened in the past and we haven't necessarily, um, you know, called into a, a Called into question its validity. Like I say, I keep going back to Hellblade. Like that won so many awards at the time. And was that, that up was, for best indie? I think it was at the time. Okay, if I recall correctly, I think it I feel was like with that as an independent game, yeah, I, I wouldn't have questioned its validity because the budget thing applies. Like their whole point with that game was a triple A looking game on a double A budget. So it was or, or a single A budget, whatever you want to call it. I, I Which don't could have, be Stray's case. That, that's it. I don't have the information. I yeah. think where we might be making a lot of assumptions. Just based on how Australia looks. You know, again, I would yeah. say we did that with Hellblade as well. Like you said, you know, that was supposed to emulate a triple A game mm-hmm. on the budget of a double A game. To quick to pull in a very quick line from the Wikipedia on Stray, uh, after they showed footage on tw- on Twitter, Annapurna reached out in April 2016 to offer themselves as a publisher. Right. So they um, so they injected some cash in it. Where the PlayStation exclusivity came from isn't mentioned in this. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just that general feel of Stray being a bigger because it's marketed, like I said, it's marketed as a PlayStation exclusive. It's not. Um, it feels on the same budget level as like a Destruction All Stars. Like it just feels like another, like it's like a B tier PlayStation game, um, which divorces it from the indie label as an energy, as a feeling. Right. Whereas in Neon White, it feels like an indie game as a tiny team. It's like one dude on the on the Twitter page. I get that. I get that. We could do it. I think we have done an entire podcast talking about like mm. what actually counts as independent. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there's definitely the no. Age, but yeah, there's definitely no definitive answer to it either. It's yeah. like the whole conversation around game direction, and it's like whether it's cinematography or whether it's an overall feeling or a tone or whatever. Um, but either way, these are the nominations for the best indie. Um, I hope Cult of the Lamb gets it. I really want Neon White to get it as well. I just want anything other than Stray, so I don't care as long as it's not I'll Stray. Tunic. Yeah, I'm Tunic's phenomenal. Tunic, yes. Mm. Tunic would be my pick. Tunic's, sh- I think Tunic's the kind of thing that um, it's it just hopefully gets its due. I think it's one of the only categories that's nominated in um, just because of the level design and just how much. I mean, that was like an Xbox exclusive for a little while. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's still a very small team. Yep. Um, next category is best adaptation. This is um, the first time this has been at the Game Awards, um, which is something that started as a video game being adapted into something else. So the nominations for best adaptation are Arcane, League of Legends, uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted. That's a surprisingly strong list. I know, right? You know, that's like... I quite like this category. Apart from Uncharted, I'd say it's quite a strong list. Um, I admittedly have not watched a lot of these shows because TV is my enemy. But uh, I hear nothing but good things about Arcane in particular. Yep. And oh, know, you've not seen Arcane? Nah, nah, oh, so Obviously, I think for me as an outsider, I'd say this is a double header between Arcane and um, Cyberpunk, which again, got a lot of plaudits. People really love that. True. I know you're a big fan Scott Tilford Uh, so it will be one of those for me I imagine will win and rightly so because Mm. those shows seem to be doing a lot right 
I feel like um, as much as I think Arcane should get it, and Arcane is just leagues above these other ones, not to say these other ones aren't good, but Arcane was like the Elden Ring of Netflix shows back then. It was like everyone was talking about Arcane, um, and the actual like animation is phenomenal. It's sort of like uh, two points in a timeline story and everything. Um, I feel like Sonic will get it. I think so. Um, oh, just because Sonic was this huge cultural revival. Not that it didn't have the original movie, but there was something about Sonic 2 this year um, that just blew the F up. Like whether it was bringing Knuckles in, you've got Sonic Tails and Knuckles. Something about Sonic this year revived Sonic in a way that the original didn't. You could show Sonic to your grandma. <laughs> that's the test. But you couldn't show Arcane to your grandma. And that's, and that's how awards. Bring on the ceremonial grandma. <laughs> Not that I have, again, a horse in this race. I just like seeing you guys talk about this. Um, I will clarify if anyone's made it this far without shutting it off for all the various things I've said that I love award season and I love arguing about awards yes. and getting carried away going, this thing shouldn't deserve this, <laughs> which I'm going to steer into over and over again. So just, just saying that, if anyone's going like, but he's talking as if he knows. <laughs> I can't possibly. It's, there's no such thing as pure object. object. <laughs> Yeah. Carry on. Um, no, I was just going to say, um, yes, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, too, yes, too. Uh, did, you know, <laughs> revitalize that entire genre. Mm-hmm. As I went to play all of the Souls games uh, because of Elden Ring, I know you went to play all of the Sonic games because yep. of the Sonic movie. <laughs> However, I would also say that the Cyberpunk TV show also saved the Cyberpunk game. Literally. Like, people were flocking back to that title in droves. Mm in large part thanks to that TV show. So I would say in terms of cultural impact, it's obviously not as big as Sonic, but it still had that impact across multimedia channels. The thing is, I wonder how seriously they take the definition of adaptation because Arcane, um, obviously League of Legends, it's like a top-down MOBA or whatever. You're taking certain characters from there and fleshing out the lore and doing a whole separate thing that doesn't like replicate the uh, genre that it started as. Um, Cyberpunk like has like elements from the games. Like, there are specific locations. They shot, shot they, they shoot the show around a version of Night City that lines up with the geography of the game, which is great. Um, that's really fun. The Cuphead show, I didn't feel like was anything like Cuphead whatsoever. I felt that they modernized that way too much and it lost its identity yeah. um, for me. Sonic feels like it carried forward the ethos of like the carefree nature of like modern Sonic. And then I guess you can argue that Jim Carrey's not like Robotnik, but then the more ro- modern Robotnik's kind of like him anyway. Um, and Uncharted is just like Uncharted in name. It was just a fun summer blockbuster with callbacks and stuff. So I wonder like what the most direct thing is. Like maybe Sonic is the nearest to its source material. That's true. I w- or if, Cyberpunk, I guess. If so. I was on the judging Go panel, on. I wouldn't judge it by how well or not well it directly adapts mm. something. If something's only kind of inspired by, you know, a video game property, but it's still the best show, I would just give it to the best show or the uh, yeah. best movie okay. or whatever. I think it's the idea of, like, taking something and blowing it all out and getting new people into it. Because I, like, I wouldn't, I didn't care about League of Legends at all until I saw Arcane. Like, and then yeah. you've got the Arcane skins, James Doss. I don't, I wish oh, do you I know? did. No, it's Dan Durkin who wishes he has Some the week I'll make a, skin. I'll make an assumption and, and you'll go, I oh, weird, I did. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that. you've been right yet. No, I've not been ever But you'll right. Get, right, get right soon. <laughs> oh, uh, Cuphead, though. Yes. Uh, I wanted to love that way more Same. i think i've mentioned before i wanted to love it it didn't it wasn't as good as it could have been mm-hmm. it wasn't an old-fashioned disney's cartoon well it should have been it should have been like steamboat really the, style. Um, the bouncy nature uh, what's it called rubber, rubber hose. hose all that kind of stuff yep. it wasn't uh i didn't even finish it right but i respected it and i'm glad that that game got more recognition outside of just being a game yes it does Same. deserve it it does deserve it deserves a film with a Disney budget. I uh, yes. You'll never get it, obviously. Oh, that'd be such a good, th- yeah, like a throwback, yeah. old school Steamboat Willie style Disney animation. That'd be sick. Um, yeah, I feel like Cuphead like deserves to be this much wider, like beloved kids franchise or like like all ages franchise. But the games are, or the game and its DLC are so brutally hard yeah. and impossible. They put a new difficulty 
uh, minimize a thing in the DLC, you still can't beat it. Still can't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. can't even barely touch it. Is best DLC in this game awards at all? It is not actually, or it's not in any of the categories that I brought across, but I didn't oh. notice it. There's about five esports categories. I feel like one. everybody's forgotten about that Cuphead DLC already. Yeah. But it, I loved it. It was very good. It was very solid. Um, but yes. I shout out one thing before we move on. Uh, I want to just shout out just how well Papa John's Uncharted, the movie, uh, <laughs> like got my appetite. You didn't like Uncharted, did you? No, but it got my appetite rising for pizza. <laughs> and therefore, I think uh, job done because Fair. that movie in part was more product placement than script. And therefore, yeah. maybe it achieved everything it needed to do as one, an Uncharted adaptation and two, the expansion of the Papa John's franchise. So I uh, I really enjoyed it, even though it was tor- it was like just just soulless in parts. What's that? Did they go like a um like a? Is it in Papa John's? It's Papa John's. And yeah. they're just acknowledging it. You have to speak up louder. I mean, I'm in Papa John's. Yeah, it's yep, like yep. good. Mark Wahlberg says that. At yeah, some point. they I- do that in the first Sonic movie where he's just like, "What's that forty percent off taco bowl we're going to get from Olive Garden?" It's just like, "Are we just? Is this what we're doing now? We just just address it head on?" No one's ever been into a Papa John's restaurant, right? That's no. the most unrealistic. Do they have restaurants? Restaurants? Movie. I don't even. They do have do restaurants. At least in the UK, I assume in the US as well, but in yeah. the UK they certainly do. In wherever Uncharted was shot, there was a Papa John's restaurant with a little with a clue in the middle of it that they had to try and uh, track down. Um, <laughs> next, next nesty Nest category, Nest Cafe category, art is art direction. Um, best art direction: either Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, Ooh. or Stray. Scorn with a bullet, my friend. Yeah. Uh, for the little amount of uh, time that I put into Scorn, because mm. I really was not a big fan, the it. thing that got me was the art direction. Yes. That was the only thing, personally, I enjoyed. Yeah, It yeah. was a game that I wish I loved, and I wish that another game was developed within the art that they've already made. Mm. Yeah, if they would ever do more with that, I feel like the amount of time and effort put into the um, the visuals, the art direction, the literal art direction of it, um, deserves to do more with that, yeah. with that world. I absolutely effing love Scorn, so that's my number three of the year, personally. Um, so I'm happy for that to get any recognition whatsoever. But that, that category for that game is easily art direction. Scorn rules, right? Scorn's art direction <laughs> is great. But here he is. it's not Elden Ring, my friends. Yeah. Elden Ring. What, Dark Souls 4? Well, oh, what? Scorn. Hmm, H.R. Geiger's work. Well, just not just in the video game, is it? There's oh, tons of people like oh, that. we're talking inspiration. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when it comes to Elden Ring's art direction, it's such... Uh, an inviting world. It's such yes. a creative world, so full of variety, and I think it should win this because never have I played a 100-hour-plus game that kept serving up levels and mm. biomes with as rich and dense art design as Elden Ring. True. Yes, if it was only like, you know, the lands, like part of the lands between, yeah. part of like the general overworld then maybe not. But the fact that you have all of these different biomes doing all of these different things with like just incredible architecture mm. as well across the board. Like you've got the higher planes, you've got the lower planes. Yep. Uh, it, it just constantly spews out of its horrid mouth like deliciously <laughs> beautiful um, locations and art True. design right down to the armor and the weapons and stuff, man. It's and so Scott fully realized. Great, but yeah. It's, yeah, fully realized is the best way to describe it. Where was your favorite location? Ooh, James Dowse. I can I, I can answer this if you haven't got one. Go on, you go first. Go on. Mine's easily um, where you fight Riker, and you go uh, oh, into that underneath the volcano manor. Yes, um, and it's just you go into that place that's just all these like twisted chandeliers and everything, and he's this like twisted king who's uh, who's been eaten by a serpent, and his face is inside the the giant snake, and that whole room. I was just like, oh my, this is unbelievable. Yeah. 
Oh man, it's like I forgot about that one. I I love it. <laughs> That's yeah. it, right? The thing is, like, I, I talked about score, but yeah, I think Elden Ring um, it, to craft an entire realm, like for a game. Like again, it's my Skyrim comparison. It's like you feel like you're in the lands between. You're like it. It feels like yeah. it's it's been lived in. Yeah. Like yeah. How many times did we enter a new area and just be taken aback by the first visual of it that you see? Like literally every single place you go in that game yeah. gave me that moment of like taking my breath away. And yeah. the first time I went to one of the final areas, like I went there incredibly early because mm. I walked through a portal and it's where all of the dragons are and you've got the tornadoes in the sky. Yeah. And I remember glimpsing that and just needing to know more. And I yeah. couldn't know more for another 50 hours, but I just, that place was in my head yeah. while I was in other areas yeah. I couldn't wait to get back to it. And it's like, I'm sure on that portal as well, if it's the bit to the, the Northeast, there's that giant stone goblin, huge towering statue that like comes to life and one shots you for most oh, of the really? game until you're strong enough to contend with it. Um, but yeah, what have you called? I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the realm that's under the lands between that you can go down into. It's all starry night. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, I went there in the first 15 minutes, which was always hilarious because I messaged Josh going, oh my God, I just found this place. And you were like, I don't, what even is that? And then <laughs> yeah. you got there 30 hours later. Um, the first time that I was descending into a place that had a big bigger sky than where I came from. And um, that was incredible. And yep. then like, yeah, finding out all the, uh, the law that makes, brings that stuff to life. Um, it probably is Elden Ring. It's just that I think Scorn has such a definitive focused visual punch that it absolutely nails. Like it's, it's so disgusting and twisted and, and macabre and biomechanical. And I think no one else really does that. And we point to HR Geiger, um, but there's a whole wing of artists that go down that route. And I, I need to Google the dude's name. I keep referencing him because I've seen his artwork. It's something like Zenislav, um, that's the surname. And I, uh, I forget the name of that dude, but there are various artists that do effed up um, flesh meets mechanical artwork that I think is fascinating. Um, and I think that nailing that needs to be com commended to some degree. Yeah, totally. Even though I think Elden Ring will likely take it. Can I also say that Stray? I know that we, mm. whatever. <laughs> well, I know we've talked about it. Got neon lights and everything. Yeah. I believe personally that the world that that had in a cyberpunky way, I adore the, the cyberpunkness more than cyberpunk. Ah, interesting. I think it sounds weird, but I think that they actually perfected what a cyberpunk city is. Oh, I could only push back. I would. I wouldn't even say that Stray is cyberpunk. <laughs> like, you not? nah, because well, for me, it doesn't have anything to do with transhumanism or like the idea of losing yourself to like capitalistic qualities or things that like dominate a space in regards to losing your humanity. Like the way that it's like it's just a post-apocalyptic game. Like it's wow, set okay. after all. It doesn't really make any comment on commerce or the way we live or. There's bits and pieces on the way we live because the robots are replicating those actions, but I didn't get a cyberpunk vibe from that, nor did it make me question anything in a way okay. that cyberpunk fiction does. I'm going to make the mistake of saying an opinion Do on it. a game that I don't have, right? And James, you I talking there about the, 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 you know, Stray versus Cyberpunk 2077, and you're talking about what makes a cyberpunk city there, Scott. Right. And I would say, like, Cyberpunk 2077, city as a, as a visual sort of spectacle, I love... But as like a commentary, if we're if we're defining what mm. makes cyberpunk city feel like cyberpunk on its kind of like commentary that it like puts out there, yeah, like cyberpunk 2077s was so surface level for me that I'm like, I wouldn't hold that up necessarily as a barometer. This is a whole wider conversation because a lot of the cyberpunk, like the, if we're talking about Mike Pondsmith's original stuff, then a lot of that is surface level, unless you like delve into his like specific, like racial commentaries or something. Like it depends what like gang you look at or like whatever like comment they're making, but it's all very like siloed off conversations. The If we're talking about like what Cyberpunk 2077, the game brings to the table overall, then for me, it's that bit when you go to um, the bar and I forget the name of it, 
the honeybee or something. Actually, that's from Final Fantasy. There's a bar that you go to in Final in Cyberpunk, and you um, sit down with one of the um, the people who are there, like one of the escorts, and your character V talks about like how uh, nothing outside really matters and how scared they are and how they just want to find their way through the level and everything, start through the city and everything. And I think that's replicated in a lot of the bigger conversations you have with the side characters, like Nakamura um, or uh, River. Like, there's just they flesh that. That's the commentary on what a cyberpunk city does to a person. That's like that's the essence of cyberpunk fiction. Like to me, none of that is in stray, like okay. whatsoever. Okay. Like in terms of like a, a human a comment on like a, a loss of humanity. Like if that's what if that's what you want cyberpunk to, yeah. to be. Um which is a really roundabout way of phrasing that. I felt the same way with Ghost Runner. Right, okay. Because that to me was a good visually Yes, visually, totally. Well that's what I mean with stray though. That yeah. was visually yeah, I guess it's just like that idea of like it reinforcing stuff. Yeah. Like it's just like yeah, Australia has like a neon city, and it it mm. looks like a neon. It's a big neon city, and that's why it gets my vote. <laughs> <laughs> it might win. I mean, like that is the best. One of the best parts about Stray is the visuals. Next category and final category is best score and music, um, which is between Olivia de Rivière for A Plague Tale Requiem, Sukasa Saito for Elden Ring, Bear McCreary for God of War Ragnarok, Two Feathers for Metal Hellsinger, Ooh. What a Shout, and Yasunori Mitsuda for Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Um, I, I would, I would, it would be unbelievable if Two Feathers won this, but Two Feathers music for Metal Hellsinger is incredible. It is, Scott <laughs> It certainly is. But is it better than Bear McCreary's it's work not. for it's God not. of War Ragnarok? Because no, that thing not. elevates yeah. the game. The game is already great, but in terms of, for instance, without spoiling much, but the character of Thor. Every time that guy is on screen, or even if he's talked about, and you hear the music behind him, you know he is capable of smashing your head <laughs> into the ground uh, with devastating effects. There's just a presence and there's a dynamism, I would say, as well to the score. Uh, it's not just the same thing over and over again. It's not just the kind of same beats that you heard in God of War 2018. Mm. There's a variety to it that accentuates the emotion and feel of the entire game, and I know that's what scores do for every game, but it just felt so noteworthy well. uh, in that title. I'm not even finished it yet. So Well, the thing is, is, you've not even you've not had the scenes that I love, that are my favorite scenes of the year yet. Um, but overall... Um, I feel like it's interesting in terms of where 2018's was, where obviously it was Bear McCreary back then as well, and you had like that Kratos theme, that like plodding slow, but, but and it became epic. That sort of like it's like a three or four note rising pattern kind of thing, yeah. um, that was just so so effective. Um, in Ragnarok, I feel like they doubled down on light motifs and re replicating little melodies for different characters, or the idea of each character having an audio footprint in themselves. And I love how that comes across in uh, the scores that go behind the conversations, like at that bit at the very beginning, very very beginning. So no like wider spoilers, um, but at the very beginning when Kratos and Atreus have that conversation with Odin and Thor, they come to visit them in the house um, the music um, ebbs and flows through different character leitmotifs and different character identities as they're di gaining dominance in that conversation that's incredible and there's bits as well um, that I love where the more playful Atreus is around Kratos in certain scenes or the more angry he gets or whatever, the music reflects that and I love that Atreus has an audio footprint now because he's gaining he's getting older, he's getting more agency in the world and it's backed by the score and I think that is unbelievably on point. What one great, I fully agree with everything you mm. just said, by the way, of all you. of those moments are excellent. I love the way they use line motifs. And one that I particularly like as well is that kind of 2018 theme that kind of comes back here and there. But yeah. it comes back here and there mm. when Kratos is kind of like losing who he is in this game, when yeah. he's kind of reverting back to the angrier, more distrustful guy that he was all the way back in the previous game, you kind of hear those notes creep in and they're almost recontextualized because yeah. they defined him in that entire game. And now you almost don't want to hear them because you know when you hear them, 
he's it's like a darkness to him. Yeah. It's it's a, like the yeah. darkness is coming out, right? You know, the darkness is still there, and I love that. That's that's somewhat reflected in the plot, but it's more reflected in the music. It's yeah. re- reinforced by the performance as well, and it makes those non-verbal moments powerful and memorable. I think as well, it's worth shouting out Tsukasa Saito for Elden Ring. I like it's not that not very often I recognize a From Software score, but I did when playing Elden Ring notice the score. Like you notice yeah. the the battle themes and stuff. You notice like just how much it contributes to the um, the solemn kind of feel of exploring the lands between. It's a bit Breath of the Wildish, like a bit of a min- minimalist approach, and um, rather than hitting you. In the face over and over again. I do know, and James, I think you might agree. I keep calling you James now. That's when I'm getting like James serious down. and intense. <laughs> nah, man. First name when we're talking like All professionally. Right, All that government yeah. business is real rough on you. James. Yes. James. I think you'll agree with this because Elden Ring's main theme that you also get in the final battle, I think is going to become a piece of music similar to Skyrim's kind of main theme mm, that in, yeah. in a few years' time when we go back to Elden Ring and boot it up for the first time and hear those ner- nerds, notes again yes. for the first time in a long time, I think <laughs> we're going to be... Nerds. <laughs> I think we're going to be uh, transported back in time. We can do this. We can do, time. It. We can do it. Yeah. I think we're going to be transported back in time yeah. and remember where we were when we first heard them. They're that powerful. No, totally. I, I don't think you realize just how much of a, uh, an impact Elden Ring's score has had on you until you go back to it and you go, it, it will hit you. Like you'll remember those different fights. You'll remember that that feeling of exploration. As my first uh, from software game, uh, starting the game, and then when you just see the massive landscapes, and then you just stand still for a second, and the music comes in, mm. really beautifully produced music, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets more intense as you fight the enemies as you go on and stuff. It was beautiful. It really was beautiful. To play. One thing I love um, to just, because I, I love music, but I love music's yeah. implementation in video games, is that idea of composing something based on biomes. And when yeah. one biome or one um, like state that the player is in interacts with something else, and you don't necessarily realize, oh, I'm going from a, a nice casual field into somewhere where an enemy is, but you haven't seen the enemy yet. But the game needs to seed that. So like maybe some string section starts to come in, or something that's a bit more paced starts to come in. I love that idea of almost dynamic composition. Like No Man's Sky is constantly rescoring itself based on what you're doing, and I think that is just that. That's just an incredible facet of, of game design um, that I like. just love. I think that side of it is incredible. I do want to say, best score of music, where's Sonic Frontiers? Uh, Sonic Frontiers. Just, just end the podcast. End the God. podcast Sonic now. Frontiers. Right, I've been James. It's so good. <laughs> Get this podcast, end podcast ended, man. Best music Stop it. of the year. I've been James. Oh, oh, it's not a gaming podcast. I've been Scott Tilbert. He has been James. That's Thank been Josh you. Brown. Oh, it's usually a pleasure, but not today. <laughs> Sonic Frontiers. Catch you next week. Row ups. Never. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.